What's up, Coach Mikey? What's going on, man? Yo, man, it's awesome. Uh, super excited. We got uh, James Torres on the podcast today. Yes, sir. James, how you doing? I'm doing well, man. I'm doing real well. Thank you. So is it fair to call you a Chicago native? Uh, I don't think it's fair to call me a Chicago native, but I currently live in the city. But you grew up out there or near the I, you area? Know, I grew up in what's called Chicago land. You know, my okay. – my parents are from, uh, you know, they, they grew up in Gary, Indiana, which okay. is, uh, you know, one of, one of the, the, the hardest places in America to grow up. Uh, yeah. Is that where Big then, Dog you know, grew we, up? Yeah. I think it was, Lou Wallace it was Robinson. Dog, yeah. Lou Wallace High School. I saw him play his senior year. You want to talk about somebody who you thought was going to be Jordan coming out of high school. It was that Dude, guy. Dude. Un- he was unbelievable. And then uh, – you know, he won the National Player of the Year. Isn't he? Now, correct me if I'm wrong. I thought he was the only one to win it twice. You know what? I don't know I don't if he know. won it twice. But I know he swept all the um, all, all the, the awards. awards for that that year, right before he went out. Uh, I happened to be in uh, going to school <clears> in, in Michigan around that time. And so I watched a lot of Big Ten. And I was, you know, I was coming off of like Fab Five. Yeah. It was, and when I saw him at Purdue, man, I was just like, he became like my favorite guy to watch. And I mean, you know, I, w- I wish uh, I was thinking about, you know, I was thinking about this today because I knew we were going to come on and just you know being out in the Midwest. And I was thinking, I-, I was thinking, why didn't his uh, career end up like a Camelo or something like that? You know, of I- this, what, what do you think? I just, we were talking about it. Let's talk about it. Uh, you know, I'll say, you know, growing up where I grew up and, and uh, you know, I grew up like a White Sox fan. Um, you know, I'm about 27. My, my, where I lived and went to high school is about 27 miles from downtown Chicago. Uh, you know, and so I got – I also got to see Dwayne Wade and, and to, to read uh, all about Dwayne Wade as well. Yeah. Um, you know, the thing is – you, you get your high school superstars, you know, um, and, and, you know, you, you listen to what, what it takes for those kids to drive uh, or, sorry, what drives them. You know, then you get to college and uh, it's a whole other animal. Right. You know, you, you know, you even winning your state title or being the state, you know, you know whatever athlete of the year or what have you. And you go to the national level, at, you know, let's take the Big Ten, for instance. You're not talking about the cream de la creme of the same, you know, pretty much kids all cut from the same cloth, the same DNA as yeah. you. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I think for Glenn Robinson, uh, he achieved so much so quick. Yeah. And on top, and on top of it, you know, coming from coming from Gary, Indiana, that meant so much. That that means so much to a to a community like that. Uh huh. You know, I, I remember, you know, he played at my high school and most of the fans in our gym were rooting for him. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because, yeah. I, I mean, because everybody knew this is the next big thing, yeah. you know? And, yeah. and so you guys are basketball fans. If you follow girls basketball. So I went to high, I also went to high school with Kelly Camara. Do you guys recall that yeah. name? No. I, I don't. Okay. I don't. <laughs> 
So high school. <laughs> so here's the thing: two-time girls <laughs> high school state champ, basketball player, point point Good. guard for Purdue national champion, and I want to say mm-hmm. she also was the national player of the year. Now we went to high school together. Okay. Uh, you know, like these kind, you know, and then doesn't really have like a WNBA career. You know, I just think that right. sometimes you know you make it from a place like Gary. And I mean, he was the, I think he was the number one overall pick. Yeah, number one overall. Yeah, you got like eighty mil or something coming out eighty five or something. Right. Um, you know, you for, know, but the so, thing was with. Go ahead. No, all, all I was gonna say is, I think that with the money that he made, he was able to take care of his family. Yeah. And mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. and also, you know, so here's here's the odd part. You know, not only was he able to take care of his family, but. He also recognized that Gary might be one of those areas in the country that that has no hope left, and I and I say this because his sons went to wound up going to my high school. Okay. You know, and and I you know I I understand because you know my like I said my family we left that area because yeah. it didn't yeah. seem like there was hope, and that was you know guys this was friggin' almost oh man. This is just going to remind me of my age, yeah. 38 years ago. Mm. So, you know, that's my take. I think he got – I think he made it as far as he was going to go. He made it. Yeah, right. he made it. He made it, and not only that, but he made it financially. And I think he did well, that to his family. Yeah. I think that as a fan, like, I, I, I was like – you know, when you're young, you're like, who's the – watching him at Purdue like I was like this guy's the next guy and like you know how he played in the tournament and uh, I mean he played great coming into the league I think what first six uh-huh. years stuff like that I mean he was a problem was a you know and uh you know they and then like T-Mac the other day and that really hurt me man because I mean they, they I think they end up they end up beating him uh, wow. But in the in the playoffs, but like, I, you know, I was always waiting for people to see what I believed in Big Dog, right? And uh, you know, he um, they had a, they had a nice little little team over. There. I remember he came in like they had Viv Baker, then eventually they got a, um, a Ray Allen and stuff like that, and they end up playing against T Mac, and then. T Mac, uh, I mean, dude, he, I mean, he was killing Big Dog, and then they was calling him the puppy. Yeah. And then, uh, but, but, but the Bucks end up winning. They had Sam Cassell, I think, at that time too. But I mean, you know, I remember I was so mad when like they did a whole uh, um, Jason Kidd and Grant Hill win the co rookie of the year, and I'm like, Big Mac, Big Dog, we're doing this just as good as. Yeah. It's interesting. <clears throat> You know, you say that, and I, again, I don't think he did not have a successful career, but it just like, like experience. You're you're a Division One athlete, you know. And here's a here's a funny story. So, um, you know, I I my kid, my littlest son, he plays soccer, right? Or he started playing soccer, and uh, I go. Uh, what's this? Uh, me, you know, they start soccer. I'm in the Philippines. I come back. My wife's like, hey, you got to meet the coach. You know, he's a real cool dude and this, this, and that. And I find out, like, he's a wrestler, right? And he's and he said he did some coaching oh, up there. Wow. I'm like, oh, man, 
you know, do you know, I, I was like, oh, I know, I know a, a, a guy who used to coach out here and uh, he's from the Midwest too. And he's like, what's his name? And I'm like, yeah, I know it's a, wrestling is a small community because you've talked to me about people that you know and that know you, right? Oh, yeah. So I just go, James Torres. And he's like, what? He's like, and it, it turns out it's, it's Alex, uh, AC, right? And, oh, my uh, goodness. Told, That's right. So he goes, he goes, I tried to recruit James to Purdue. We're talking about big dogs. So it reminded yeah. me of that. So James, t- tell us about like, what your what's the so yeah tell me about the recruiting process and what happened and how you ended up choosing uh where you ended up going and all of that if you don't mind oh oh yeah so you know even though i had a lot of high school accolades um i was in a i was in a weight class that uh i don't want to say they're a dime a dozen but there's a lot of Mm. there's a lot of talent in the lighter weights Mm. You know, so I really didn't start recruit. I, I, I really didn't start getting recruited until my senior year. And okay. and just to give you an idea of that, you know, my last two years, I, I went 83 and one. Wow. <laughs> you know, and, and but like, again, not very highly recruited. Um, okay. You know, then I go to the high school nationals and, and make it to the semifinals. Then all of a sudden. Uh, every, now you're everybody, on the radar. Everybody's calling. Yeah, you know they want to know my grades. They want to know this. They want to know that. And to be honest with you, there was only one school I wanted to go to, and it was it was Stanford. Mm. You know, okay. Growing up, wow. you know, Growing up, um, you know, my parents took me to you know you go on your family vacations, and they took me to Universal Studios out there, mm-hmm. and and Disneyland. And I was like, you know, back then I was like, man, this is where I belong. Cali. Yeah, it was Cali, you know. <laughs> and so, oddly enough, they start recruiting me. And as I'm going through the recruiting process, I'm getting at this point, I'm being recruited pretty heavily now. Um, but mostly outside of the Big Ten, I had okay. spoke, I had spoke to Wisconsin, Indiana, and Purdue, of course. Um, now, uh, Torres or James. What are the uh, top conferences that you want to be associated with if you're being recruited for wrestling? For wrestling? At, at I mean, the time. At the time. It's never changed. It's still the Big Ten. Big Ten. Okay. If you're in the, if okay. you're in the Big Ten, that's like being in the SEC for football. Okay. Okay. Uh, and, and, and honestly, it's not really because very rarely do you get a team national title out of the Big Ten. More individual. Yeah, I mean the Big Ten dominates. Yeah. Okay. Um. So you know it's funny because Alex and I grew up in you know where we're from is called the region. Okay, the region. And, you know, it never had a good. Yeah, it was it never really had a good connotation around the rest of the state or even Chicago. Think of think of New Jersey and being River Rats. <laughs> right. Okay. You know because that's how they, that's how New Yorkers refer to refer to northern uh jersey people so in, right. in in our area we were known as region rats okay um because it was predominantly surrounded by the, the most populated areas were gary east chicago um and hammond which were all kind of um you know disenfranchised communities right so i'm, I'm going on my recruiting visits and uh you know 
Purdue's lined up on it, you know, the date. And my mom happens to go down with me. And I was like, man, this is probably going to be a mistake. Yeah, going with your mom. So, <laughs> yeah, you know, because, you know, my mom wanted to be supportive, but at the same time, she, she did want to know what was going on, which I appreciate okay. now. But I had made it clear to my parents, this is going to be all about me, my decision, like regardless. And my parents knew me well enough to know that if they tried to force their hand on something with this decision, I was going to do uh -huh. the exact opposite. Um, but yeah, so okay. <laughs> uh, AC, AC takes me out. I mean, like it was one of the best recruiting trips I've been a part of. <laughs> okay. I mean, we had a good time, man. You don't have time. to go into details. You don't have to go details. I, I, I won't but... go into the details. I won't go into the details. Uh, <laughs> you know, but Purdue, they had just recruited somebody. Oddly enough, a, a guy the year before, he was a class before me, and he was my one loss oh. um, of my last two years. And so their coach, the coach was like, hey, you know, we got so-and-so, so here's the deal. We want to give you, and they offered, they really, really lowballed me when it came to money. Uh, so essentially, I was going to be a preferred walk-on, and they wanted to pay for my books. Oh, I looked shoot. at him. <laughs> oh, yeah. I looked at him, looked at my mom. I said, this, this meeting's over. He's like, well, what are you doing? <laughs> and, and I said, and, and I'll, I'll say this. That conversation is what drove me to go to Indiana. I was so insulted by that. I um I actually I actually uh um decommitted from a school, uh, Central Michigan University, which was a they were an up and coming uh, wrestling program. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but I de I decommitted from them so I can go to the so Big Ten because so you could face so those I, guys that coach. Well, not only so I could face them, I told him. <laughs> Shoot. Before, before I walked out of his office, I looked him dead in the eye and I said, listen, not only am I not going to talk to you ever again, I will never lose to Purdue University in my entire career. <laughs> Eight and no, boys. Nice. <laughs> and every time I walked off the mat, I, I went over to him and said, I told you. No. So what was the type of reactions? Like – over the course he, he of just, your career, every time you did this. He would just smile. Wow. That's wow. awesome. Because now here's here's what's even better. This was this is what made my decision, my 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 attitude towards Purdue even better. My first dual meet against them is against the kid who was my one and only loss. Right. My last two years of high school. And I, I beat him by a major decision. Wow. Dude, that's that's and, an awesome story. Go ahead, go ahead. No, I just you know I remember that day vividly because I was hanging out with my friends. It was an after, it was a like a midday dual meet on a Saturday, and Purdue was coming to town. And we were hanging out, and I was just trying to chill, you know. So I was with these I was with two of these girls that I went to high school with, and we were all just kind of hanging out, laughing, you know, just just kicking it socially because I was like. I, <clears throat> I'm not trying to think about anything. I need to be relaxed. I knew who I was facing, you know? Right. Mm -hmm. um, probably the best decision I ever could have done. There was, there was wow. you know, I didn't, I didn't spend the day 
thinking about the match, thinking about what I needed to do. I was just kicking it. I was just having fun. I, you know, and I, it was just about me believing in myself and not having to worry about anything else. And I rocked that kid's world. I remember celebrating, walking <laughs> over the coast. I bet you regret that decision. And that was probably the worst thing I ever had ever said to him was I bet you regretted that decision. But it that, felt good. Man, that's, that's awesome. um what I would say is when you're in that office and you are listening to this offer mm-hmm. and you feel insulted. I mean, you to me that is to say what you said and is like this crazy seems like I just hearing the story I think wow you must have had like a lot of confidence or what was it that like what was the drive oh that, dude oh man I mean yeah uh, you know Mikey and I have a better relationship um over the years but yeah man I was comp- confidence has never been something that I've lacked <laughs> <laughs> agree <laughs> I, I I still remember telling yeah. James he says things that I wish I could say but I just, uh, you know, I, I learned that through grad school. It was great. Oh, in grad school. It was great. Well, well you know, that's funny. I, I think about that relationship. Our relationship was literally forged on driving 90 minutes there and 90 minutes back uh, yes. for, for our summer. Yep. You're so right. why don't you guys <laughs> talk about how you guys met? How did, how did you, uh, James, how did you and Mikey met? And how did you guys, um, you know, become friends and you know, over these years. Well, hell, I mean, grad school is everything. Yep. Um, you know, and it was, it was the first, it was the first week of class. And I want to say it was Dr. Johnson's class. Cause he was all, I, he, if I recall the conversation he was having with, with our cohort, he was, he was all pro environment. And yeah. he was telling us, you know, like if you, if you, if you can stay on campus, but if you can't carpool, you know, there's no need for people to be driving individually. And I remember him saying something along the lines of, you know, who's from this area, who's from this area. And, and you know, the thing was, uh, we weren't that close to one another, but it was a heck of a lot closer than the two of us driving separate. Yes, exactly. And I think, hey, I you think guys... we, we spoke probably shortly after that yeah. um, and said, hey, you know, you, let's try it. Yeah. And uh, I, I want to say the first, the first drive – I think you drove, Mike. Yeah. And we didn't have the radio playing. We we talked the entire way there. Right. I think that was the beginning of a good a good uh, relationship. Yeah. That's obviously now lasted uh, fourteen years. Yeah. No, Crazy. even longer. Even longer. Wow. Yeah. Sixteen years we've known each other. So like. California, you had um, like right after college. Um, what did where did you go? Like, cause you talk, like kind of walk us through how you guys got to the um, what you were doing at the time when you started the um, graduate program. Oh, man, I didn't. You know, I'll be honest with you. Um, I kind of pissed away college. To to be honest with you, like I, I allowed, and this was my personality for a long time. Um. I allowed my wrestling to dictate the rest of my life. Okay. I always thought I, I always thought everything else was an interference. 
you know, so whether it was relationships or school or, or what have you, I just, I just wanted to wrestle, you know what I mean? And it was the wrong attitude to have. Um, <clears throat> so I was really, really immature. And so when some things didn't go down the way I wanted them to, um, for my career, at that point, I was like, man, I just need to get away. You know, and, and this was kind of, uh, you know, we, we, the, I, the three of us have had conversations about our faith. Um, you know, I think that wrestling was in my life for a reason for a long, long time. Um, and when I walked away, I got a job after college because I didn't know what I was going to do. You know, I, I, I got a, I got a sales job in Bloomington. Um, I was, I was making, I was making good money, but, uh, I was like, man, I, I left some things. I didn't leave everything on the mat. So I said, okay, you know what? Let me, let me keep wrestling for a little while. So a good friend of mine that wound up, he was my coach in the off season. One of my national coaches, he comes to me and says, Hey, I'm taking over at the University of Indianapolis, which is a Division II program. <clears throat> he asked me and one of my good friends at the time who wrestled for Michigan State. We had known each other since we were about 14 years old. Um, he asked the two of us, he's like, hey, why don't you guys come and be my assistant? And part of the pay is I will, I will pay for your rent in Indianapolis. You'll move into my new house. And we were like, all right, cool. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, I got into coaching at a really young age, really young. But it was him. He was the one that was like, hey, you guys need to go to grad school. And he was real big on, hey, you know, you guys are men of color. You guys are, you know, like you guys need to put yourself ahead of the game. And, and he was really the one that opened my eyes to life isn't fair when it comes to stuff like that. You got to make your way. You got to pave your path. And, and so he really emphasized us going to grad school. Okay. Nice. But at the, at the time, I wasn't ready. You know, mm. but the interesting part is, so I go back to Indiana to start training with the team again. And I was just, I knew that I was just over that coaching staff. I, we'd, we'd never really saw eye to eye. And that's the majority of that program. Most of the guys on that team disagree with that coaching staff. But that's neither here nor there. But it drove me to the point where I was like, man, I got to get away from that thing. I don't want to be around it. So I, I drive up to Alaska with one of my old teammates who just graduated. Whoa. Yeah, man. I just go to Alaska just to move, and I didn't have no rhyme or reason. I was like, man, I got 500 bucks in my pocket. Uh, let's go. <laughs> and so I did. And, you know, finding work up there, uh, I was doing construction, um, you know, and when the weather was right, I was doing construction. And then I, I would be, you know, um, hiking, fishing, camping and, you know, stuff like that. Mm -hmm. uh, so I wound up being up there for five months. And, uh, you know, the funny thing is I would have stayed up there, but my best friend at the time, he and I wrestled together, asked me to be a part of his wedding. And I knew, I knew when he asked me to be a part, I needed, I had to do it. But um, I knew I wasn't going to go back to Alaska. And, okay. and 
I was really torn, like really torn because I, you know, I kind of liked at that point in my life, I started realizing like, ah, I kind of like the secluded life. Like there's some, there's some, there's some truth to this nature thing. Right. You're right. But now remember the reason why I went up there is because I was trying to get away from wrestling. <laughs> and, and, and Alaska is, you know, from a geographical standpoint, it's about the, a third of the size of the entire United States. Well, it just so happens that that some people knew that I came up there um, and I was asked to run their national team camp for wrestling. Whoa. And so I'm just like, wow, that's that's uh, that's ironic. Like no one I, <laughs> I, I wasn't like trying to sell myself like, oh, I want to I want to coach pay me like, no, they're like, listen, uh, we're going to give you you know, 3,500 bucks to run our, our camp. And I was like, I'm sorry, you're going to give me how much? Like, yep, <laughs> let's do this. Uh, you know, and at the time I was still working. So at this right. camp, at this camp, I meet some college wrestlers who wrestled for Menlo. Okay. Ah. And so Mike is starting to put the pick, you know, put the pieces together. So yeah, yeah. they're like, yo, you're really good, man. You should apply. We're looking for a coach at this college. I'm like, where is it? And they're Charlie. like, the <laughs> right. But here's the best part. They're like, it's next to Stanford. It's in the Bay Area, right next to Stanford. And I was like, yeah, wow. no way. I'm like, okay, that's awesome. Okay, let's do this. So, you guys probably, I mean, it still exists. But I did my interview way back when online on a dial-up using Yahoo Messenger <laughs> wow. with, with, with the now vice president uh, of, of athletics. <clears throat> He's the vice president, I want to say, of maybe admissions and athletics uh, for Menlo College, which is Keith Spataro. And he's still, you know, he's still a very close friend of mine um, and served as a mentor for me for so many years. And so he's like, yo, let's do this. And, and I remember exactly where I was because I came back from Alaska with all this cash. So <laughs> I was just living, I was living downtown Chicago with my boys, but I wasn't working. You know, I was throwing them some cash for groceries and like electricity bills, but I was just kicking it. Mm. Um, and you know, we, we had this interview and I'll never forget the night I ran out to the, uh, to the balcony, I was like, I'm moving to California. Like, it was like a dream come true. <laughs> uh, you know? And so, yeah, I went out there, man. And then, uh, oddly enough, I run into AC, and I started going over to Stanford. And then before you know it, they're like, yo, we want you to be, uh, we want you to coach with us. Um, and so I, I became one of their volunteer coaches and a coach for, which is now the debunked Dave Schultz, uh, wrestling program. Uh, I coached primarily the women, which I, you know, it, okay. taught me, it taught me a whole lot more about technique, um, than I ever would have learned with men. And I think I contribute that to becoming a better coach because they needed more attention for detail. Um, mm. So yeah, that's what brought me out to uh, Menlo College, and it just so happened that Keith Spataro, uh, my mentor and the coach at the time, he was the assistant AD at the time for Menlo. He graduated from our graduate school program. 
So he had recommended uh, St. Mary's to you. He, he not only recommended it to me, but he wrote me, he wrote me my first letter of recommendation that pretty much got me into the school or got me into the program. How many years there before you. we got there did he, get, did he graduate? Uh, I want to say four or five. Okay. Yeah. Okay. He's he just turned fifty this year, Mike. Wow. Yeah. Man, we were so, getting yeah, older, that, but that, 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 that seems that, young, though. Yeah, now. Yeah, um. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. So the, you guys, uh, I remember. You know, uh, I don't know, Mikey. How long? What what year did you guys go into the? Uh, Uh, oh four, oh five, oh six. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I mean, I start. I, I move up to Vacaville, and uh, from Southern California, and you guys are. It's about the same time you guys started your uh, um, your program, and that's when I first started uh, seeing you around. James started, uh, you know, seeing you at different places when when Mike and I would connect. Um, <clears throat> so I've been, you know you're in coaching you didn't always see yourself going into that and i think one of the times when we met up um i i was uh i think we were barbecuing at my little apartment marsha and i and uh, we were talking about coaching i i think i just started coaching with oh i remember that oh wow yeah and i mean it was it was we had a great a great talk outside you know grilling that tri-tip that's right and um I, I've been quoting you, and I want to make sure that, like, I'm quoting you correctly because I say this to a lot of people. And I, I remember you, you told me something to this effect. You said, I think it was your dad, and you can, it, you can correct me if I'm wrong, okay. that said to you at a, at a young age or something like that that said, uh, uh, if, you, if you put in the work, if you do the work, you're going to get better. If you do the work, you're going to improve. And I can't promise you that you'll get better than that guy or this guy. But if you put in the work, you'll always improve each time you go out. Now, I, I, I remember thinking like, man, no one ever told me that. And I always, I, you know, I would play with guys like Mikey and I would think, I think these guys are just naturally good at stuff, you know. And I don't know why, but it took me to like years and years when you said that. I mean to that effect now, is that so do you remember that so, do you remember that now, you here's what clean that up for me I, I'll, I'll just there's there's only one small mistake <clears throat> um my high school wrestling coach said that okay 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 now here's what's okay. funny he was the one who got me involved in wrestling when i was six okay and he he served he served as a father figure to me just through wrestling he had been so close to myself <clears throat> myself and my family um you know, like, like he was that figure for me. Um, and, but my dad also reinforced, you know, the only way to get anywhere is to work hard. But that, that quote, right, that quote right. is from, is from Mr. Emmerich, my high school coach. Man, I, I've been telling kids that and I tell my son that, and like, I, I think that because I wish someone at a young age told me that I don't know why I didn't have a lot of experience um, being coached at a young age and, and even in my high school it was limited, but 
that idea, I love that idea that like, hey, you can get better. And if you, there's a way to get better. And it's not really about that comparison, but you personally can always improve if you're willing to put in the work. And I mean, it, it it's something that, I mean, I, I say this regularly, man, and it's because of you sharing that with me. And I just find it so funny that I had to be like 30 years old or something like that to figure it out. You know? Well, uh, you know, but I would say thank you for that. Hey, you're, you're welcome. You know, it's funny that that comment there has evolved for me um, because I don't necessarily believe it is the only thing. Having gone through my own journey, right. having gone through my own journey, you know, and, and I, I discovered yoga and I became a, a yoga instructor and still study the practice and the philosophy. You know, I studied, I studied mindfulness and, and meditation, um, you know, but earlier you heard me say I never lacked confidence. Right. The, the, other, the other side of, of what makes people improve are relationships. Right. And, and by that, my high school coach and why he, he was so impactful on my life, he never, he never pointed out what was wrong. He always tried to make my strengths stronger. He never said, you're not going to be able to do this. And, and, you know, as you, as you really start to look at life, period, regardless of sports, um, it really is about, like, we've got to have positive affirmations surrounding us. And it's got to come from within, you know, because then that's where that comment you know, if you work at it, you'll get better. You might not be better than the next person, but you individually be better because with the combination of all those things, you'll start to learn your true self. And I think that's what a lot of athletes, I mean, people, athletes are not some secluded group. A lot of people would be more successful if they had the combination of the, the correct affirmations and and the right work ethic. Yeah, I, I think that when when you said that, I think the th- place where I was at in my life and what I had experienced in the past, you know, it, it wasn't like, oh, work hard, work hard. But it was just this idea that I don't have to stay where I'm at. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like I wasn't, oh, I'm only this and I can only be this. It's like, you know, hey, I can get better. I can pursue something, but what, what you said about relationships is something that, um, you know, I truly believe, you know, it's really, like you said, it's not just, you know, working hard by yourself or something like that, but it's, um, one thing in the last few years I've come to understand more. And it's funny because it, it should be easier to understand this when you're a coach or in coaching, but this whole idea of, um, you know, having mentors, Mm -hmm. But, um, and, and, and this idea that not that your mentor, like my definition is that of that is someone who like, they don't want anything from me. They're not trying to get anything from me. Their only thing is that they have a heart to, to see me fly, to see me be all I can be. And in, in return, they're my mentor. If I, give value 
to their opinion, to their advice, you know, if I trust that, you know, there's people, all kinds of smart people who can give you advice. But if you're like, hey, you're my mentor, but you never listen to them or you never take the risk to try to do what they're asking you or like or, or um, see things a certain way when you've told them you're, they're your mentor or in your mind, try to say that, you know, if I don't give value to to your words and I'm willing to take a risk on on seeing things that way. And then, I mean, they're not really my mentor. I just said you were my mentor, you know. Sure. But <clears throat> the other side of that, too, is that the, the mentor relationship, there's relationship with peers who, like, we're, we're going through life together. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and then there's also, like, mentoring others, mm-hmm. you know. Sure. And that that I feel like that I've started to explore that as a coach as a friend and then there's different roles where in some roles with with relationships i have i might be a mentor in something but they might be mentoring me in something else or we may be peers in something else but they look to me as a mentor you know in in a different um area of our lives you know but that 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 whole idea and i i think is um again i mean uh a lot of what you shared with me in that at that barbecue was kind of just a, a a starting point. Like you got to believe. I, 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 we tell these kids that we, Mike and I work with, like, man, you know, you want to make an impact, but uh, around in your community around you, but do you believe you can? Right. And I think for you, the what you shared with me with that, what your coach shared with you was just something to me believing that just that idea that hey, I don't have to stay where I'm at, man. I can improve. And I don't have to compare myself to someone else. And I got to, you know, be on my own journey, you know, um, is uh, you're coaching right now. I'm not, I'm no longer, uh, I'm no longer coaching. Okay. I, I okay. Stuff. So what, what, what kind of, no, go ahead. Well, what, what, what type of things are, what are you involved in right now? What's keeps you busy right now? Obviously we were in this pandemic time, but like, um, you know, what kind of things keep you busy and that you're pursuing right now? So my, my path, my path really went from, uh, man, and you know, it's crazy because I was a college coach for 14 years, which that doesn't sound like a whole <laughs> wow. lot, but I was a college coach for 14 years. Um, and then I went to a secondary private school and did that for almost, let's see, I guess six years. Um, and I went from being a college coach to – to becoming a very successful middle school coach. Hmm. Um, and, and there were things that I have always thought about sports in America um, that, that rubbed me the wrong way. You know, and, and Mike, uh, you know, I always think back about graduate school and one of the most impactful classes was, was uh, Dr. Johnson's philosophy class like the philosophy of sport. Oh, for sure. Because I still, yeah. I still to this day, that was so impactful on the way I look at what we do. Um, and I learned, I learned this quote that I actually just made up, but I, I, I used to joke with my kids and my coaches because I would say, listen, we play a game. It's a game. It's called a game for a reason. It's referred to a game for a reason. It's no different. I'm like, you get nervous. When you step up to play a video game, no, it's a game. <clears throat> You're not, we're not curing cancer. Therefore, play the game right. hard. I'm like, therefore, play the game hard. You play to win, but, but just do your best. That's it. 
No one could take your best away from you. Correct. Um, but because, you know, and this is my own heartache, uh, I pursued, I'm, I'm an athletic director now mm-hmm. because I would rather mentor coaches right. than I would kids because the more coaches I could reach, the more I can help kids see their better selves. I can't do it alone. Absolutely. I can't. I, I learned for the longest time I tried to do everything alone. I cannot do things alone. That's not what community is about. Um, That's right. You know, and so me becoming an athletic director, I really put a lot of time in my coaches. But I had to go through this journey to understand what is the kind of support coaches need. And who better had been a former coach? And, and now I'm also the president of USA Wrestling for the state of Tennessee that I left. So I still mm. organize and make decisions for them as a state on what it is that we're trying to do to grow the sport of wrestling. So, you know, God has used me in several ways, but now he's starting to use me uh, for, my, for my, I mean, I've got a uncanny, detailed, you know, kind of, mentality where my organization skills have been helpful. They've been useful. But I think that coaching background, that coaching background is what's helped me stay grounded um, in terms of, you know, what are we trying to do? You know, we're we're trying to build, you know, we're trying to build an army of little medians that are doing the right thing. Because ultimately, You know, you're coaching jujitsu and basketball, Mike, you're coaching basketball. What are we really trying to do? We're not putting kids in the NBA. We're trying to show kids yeah. about yeah. we're trying to show kids about community. And without, without a strong fabric of community, we got nothing. You know, and I think it's funny that we're having this conversation now during a global pandemic. Because there's a lot of good from all of us keeping our butts in the house. You got you got relationships yeah. being mended. You got people talking more. Yep. You know, like I firmly believe, and this was this was a firm, this was an affirmation provided by one of my best friends, who was like, "Things happen for a reason." This was a warning sign. I think for for all of humanity, just to slow down, man, to respect one another, but most of all, dude, respect the world that we live in. We don't all come from the same background. We don't, you know, we're not all given the tools from day one, but we got to be there to help right. you earn those tools and learn, learn those tools to make this community a little bit better. Yeah, I, I believe that, man. And I, I think that you're like, I, I think that's kind of my mission with in coaching is to, you know, get, like give this, idea to young people that whatever your background is and whatever your experiences are, you can use those things to make an impact uh, on your community and use those things to build community. And so much of us, like, you know, and hearing your story and thinking of, of, of our own is that I, I couldn't tell you that at, at that barbecue, I couldn't have told you I'd be doing these things that I'm doing today. You know, I mean, 
and 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 I just uh, I I always believe that if if it's something that um, I can experience this way, anybody can do it. You know, sure. if if you have like like you said. What helps is the community around you who also believes that same thing or can help you, you know, see that th- those things are possible. I mean, I, I, I mean, again, like I'm, I'm happy that obviously I'm not happy about the pandemic, but man, this is a we haven't talked in a while. And to be able to get on something like this in, uh, you know, you're in Chicago, Mikey's in California and I'm in in the Philippines. I mean, this is awesome. You know, I mean, when we all first uh, met, who thought we'd be able to do this. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh man. Um you know, I I mean I'd love to have you on here and talk some specific things and in, in the future about like, you know, mentoring and things like that, but I mean, I do want to get to what we had talked about a little bit earlier as a Chicago land person, <laughs> you know, as a what's going on with the with the you know, sports in Chicago, but also we've got this uh Michael Jordan and 98 Bulls um, documentary going on that Mikey and I have been kind of just sharing our thoughts on after every couple episodes. I'd love to get your thoughts on that. James, what, what year did you graduate high school? Uh, 1995. Okay, so 1995, uh, Mikey and I are 1993. Mm-hmm. So we're watching, we're at that age where we can watch sports and start understanding like, you know, sports in the, in a different way at that, at that time period, high school and things like that being sure. coached. And, you know, we just got, I, everybody's talking about it. And I wanted to get your opinion on this, uh, um, Michael Jordan, the Bulls, the Last Dance um, episodes, because, I mean, that's right in our time period. And you being from the area, yeah. and, I mean, you, you grew up a Bulls fan, a Mike fan? Dude, Bulls, White Sox, Bears, Blackhawks, yeah. I don't, I don't show allegiance to anybody else. I mean, I even started, <laughs> nice. I even started blogging about them on Fansided. I, I used to get paid. Well, yeah, you, get, you were a writer. Yeah. I, I get I get paid to yeah. blog about them. Yeah, that was. Are awesome. you still doing it? Uh, I have, you know, I've got to commit more to my job now, um, so I don't okay. really have the time. And I know I, I've been making the excuses, but this pandemic, I, I'm trying to slow down. I'm not trying to do more. Uh, I'm trying to slow down. So uh, I've I've utilized this time to really kind of, you know, work on me, spend some time with me, but but also just you know like mend some relationships. And so yeah, I'm not doing it right now. Okay, but I mean, have you you've you mentioned before that you watched the the episodes? How are you liking the episodes that have come out so far? Bruh, come on, man! <laughs> <laughs> I, I you know like I gotta rewatch them just to just to keep the smile going. Like when it first, yeah, like, like the first. So so um, my mom, she still lives in Indiana. She's about uh, about seventy miles from me. And I went to her house for about uh, about 10 days, right? And it just so mm-hmm. happens on the last Sunday it was the first day. And I was like, oh, snap. Yeah. The last dance is on. And she got more excited than I did. Oh, wow. <laughs> like, we grew up in a family that just, you know, like, we rallied around that sort of thing. So, yeah. Right. Like we used to, like, I remember going to my grandfather's house 
and watching the finals, watching the games, the playoffs, like when the like, – yeah. Like, yeah. Okay, so let me give you a for instance about how big of a um, a Bulls fan I am, how big of a Chicago fan I am. So you guys both know I, I graduated from Indiana University, and I'm a huge – Yeah. I, I am very, very biased when it comes to anything Indiana. So Isaiah Thomas is a Hoosier. He's, oh, yeah. Yep. Yeah. I hate Isaiah Champion Thomas. Champion over there. I hate I, – we don't have any common ties. I don't – And he's from <laughs> Chicago. That's right. I don't care that we have – I don't care that we wore the same <laughs> uniform. I don't care that he wore the same uniform. <laughs> I don't care about none of that. He was at a, he was uh, at a thing. Great. He was at a thing at IU once that I was there. I was like, nope. <laughs> <laughs> the bad boys, no chance. Dude. You got any yeah. to the bad boys? I'm like, get out of here. You sound like Michael. Hey, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Listen, I'll tell you right now, that relationship, when Wilbon stated what it was like to be a Detroit fan during that time, that resonated because we can't stand Detroit fans. I don't even like going to Detroit. Yeah. It, it's so funny because so we grew up as Laker fans, Mike and I, and, and just this whole thing of, Hate and Larry Bird mm-hmm. and McHale and, and Danny Ainge, my God. But what I found is I as I grew older and the art, you know, our time changed, you know, that I started respecting these guys, right? Like Bird and those guys. And because I remember these old things. The minute I saw in this documentary right, Lane Beer comes up, he's I I, I hate that guy, man. <laughs> there, it, there was no respect like Larry Bird. There was no I mean I don't like Danny Ainge either, okay? There was no respect like I have for DJ and McHale. I when I see uh, Lane Beer, I was like, I hate that guy. I don't care what he says. And you know what I mean? I don't care how long it's been. I hate that guy. Yeah, dude. <laughs> I feel you. I feel the same way about every one of those players. I look, that's so funny. Even, it was even when Rodman came to the Bulls, everybody was like, "Hold up, what?" Yeah, that was yeah. crazy. Yeah, talk about that. I mean, he he's a guy who tried to hurt Scotty. They were always trying to, you know, they were hurting Mike and like. So, what do you guys? What's your thoughts when Rodman they announced that? I here's what I'll say. To this day, Rodman is still the greatest defender, or excuse me, the greatest rebounder in the history of the NBA. I don't care what. Oh yeah, like. People forget, like, on that team, there were there was two players on that team. One led the one led the NBA in scoring titles ten years, and one led the NBA in rebounding titles for ten years. They were all, wow. on the same team, and that's Jordan and Rodman. Like, you know, the thing with Rodman's story, it's remarkable, and that's something that I didn't need the last dance to remember. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. know. I think that he was a small fish in a big pond and he started meeting celebrities and learned that celebrity status. And, and we yeah. all know in sports, you win a title, your life's going to change. Yeah. Um, you know, all of a sudden he's hanging out with Madonna who in the nineties, I, she, I mean, she was the Michael Jack or she, I mean, she was the Michael Jordan of the music industry. That's right. You know I mean? Really? There was her, there was Michael Jackson you know, and who else can you really name that were global superstars? No, that were just huge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There, 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 there is none. I, you know, I was watching. Uh, um, I don't know if you watched those you know, Michael Jackson uh, things on HBO, but um, regardless, uh, <laughs> the 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 whole thing was. 
how big of a star Michael Jackson was. Oh yeah. Same thing with Madonna. Like you don't like it. It's not. You don't really see that in that way. I don't think anymore. Where it's just. I mean, Michael Jackson had people in like communist countries. I mean. He hadn't had a hit in years, not they yeah, had a hit in years, but they're they're rocking to his old tunes and they're just screaming and crying and like, man, you know, they, I mean, it, it's crazy. And and Jordan, when they showed this last one, mm-hmm. like yeah. people lining up in that, you know, I don't remember that Atlanta game oh, where they put it. I in don't their either. Dome. Sure, uh, you know, here's so here's what's funny. Um, it wasn't until you that well for me it wasn't until i learned about how jordan was so global it that's when it started resonating how michael jackson and people like madonna were as big as they were like because right. i i was never big you know like i enjoyed listening to madonna i enjoyed listening to michael jackson but um if a video was on i wasn't running to the tv if the bulls were on, <laughs> i wasn't getting up to go to the bathroom right <laughs> Right. Well, I remember about um, Rodman. Go ahead. To answer your question about Rodman, once you once you delivered another championship, it was like cool. Okay, we're good. I don't even remember. I don't even remember that Pistons jersey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Well, I I I think I felt the same way with guys coming to the Lakers. But if they leave, then they're back out. (laughs) 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 You're out. You're out again. Especially if they didn't bring a championship. You know, you get these guys. Yeah. They come over there, but Robin brought championship. It was a part of the championship. It team, also so. it also helped so, though because you know that disdain that that Bulls fans had for the Pistons. There nothing felt better when the Bulls finally beat when they finally beat them, and they they didn't just beat them and they whooped them. And I re, I re, I remember that vividly. That was going into my freshman year of high school that ninety one season, mm-hmm. right? And I remember saying, Jordan's gonna whoop on Magic too. Watch. Yeah, I remember sitting. There with, you know, I remember sitting there with my grandfather. Like, people don't realize that. That's a good point. People didn't realize at that, that point, like that was Jordan's breakout party when he beat the Pistons. Yes, I was like, it's over. That's what he needed. Well, it, they, it was very similar to how everyone else went. Like, um, I could say that too. When the Lakers beat the Celtics in '85, sure, I was like, oh man. Now you know the curse has been broken. They figure it out, and let's go yeah. right. And unfortunately, it didn't, it didn't work out in '86. But '87, you just thought, okay, it's gonna, this is gonna start going. Yeah, for sure. But it's just I, I again, you know, we talked about it before, but just this when you hear Jordan talk about it, you know, you bring yourself to that point where they had not won yet, and all he's hearing is like. You know, the detractors like, ah, oh, he's a ball hog. Oh, I can just score. Oh, it's just flash. And he's not going to win a title like that. And then, right. you know, Michael and Michael, I mean, Larry and Magic. And then for him to just, you know, I don't know if he's going, I'm going to win a bunch of them. But he's like, dude, I won. Dude, I did it. And then that's the thing he needed. And then, you know. There they go. I think I think BJ Armstrong just uh, described it best. I think it was episode five when he's like, well, "Michael just figured out how he could win the game. The rest of us were just playing." Yes, yeah. yeah. I put that for my notes, man, because like it was the '92 season. Yeah. 
and he was playing chess. Everyone else playing checkers. Yep. He just he just figured it out. And once, and like you said, James, after ninety one, I was like, oh my gosh, this is going to be a long run because yeah. he's the greatest player, and they're still um, young enough oh, with yeah. the core that was just like, oh my gosh, yeah. This is going to go for a long time, or as long as they wanted to go. As long as they wanted to. I, I well, remember. Yeah. I remember. You know, like I think one of the one of the fair things about growing up here is some of these stories we knew about. You right. Know, like yes. I remembered then the '92 Olympics uh, and the, that dream team. I remember reading about that practice that everybody always talks about where Jordan's like, all right. Um, and he took over and because, yeah. because magic and bird said, Nope, we've passed the torch. It's, it's, yeah. it's yeah. Yeah. game now. It's obvious. It, and I think that that's the thing I, so I, I, um, one of my, uh, former players who I coached JV and in, in Vacaville, you know, dude, it's so funny. These guys are old now. You know, they're, right, they're, right? they're, you know, but um, he uh, added me in this group that he manages on Facebook, uh, all things NBA or whatever. And like he, you know, basically every single day people are putting up polls of like, who's the best, this, this and that, and all these things. Right. And um, what you really get to see over these generations is there's a gen there's generations just like I never saw a prime Dr. J necessarily or, or or I never saw like a Jerry West or Oscar Robertson. There's kids and young people who are really fans of basketball who never knew what it was like to watch Michael Jordan live. Oh yeah. And when you didn't know the outcome. And so for those of us who watched LeBron also and Kobe and all these things, it, it's like Magic and the Lakers are my favorite. Kobe. But I watched Jordan play. I watched Larry Bird play. And maybe I was a kid. Fine. But there's no one that I watch today who ever made me so fearful of as of Jordan or Larry Bird. Oh, like these guys who you were just like, oh my god, he gonna make that shot. Like, didn't matter what they threw up. Like, I'm not feeling that these guys could control it. You know, you're at their mercy. Yeah, I don't feel that way watching other people. Nah, you know, I, mean, and, I you know, and some of the greats that we hear about, you know, like. We all grew up during an era where we got to see Magic, we got to see Bird, and we got to see Jordan, we got to see Kareem at the end of his career, you know. Right. Um, mm-hmm. And you know, like these are these are still players that current players know about that they're like, oh, well, he did, you know, all this stuff. And you're and you're absolutely right. Um, one thing that I remember that that uh, the Last Dance reminded me of was I recall reading about that last time they lost to the Pistons and learning how Jordan rallied the team is like, we're going to work this. Right. Um, 
And I remember, yeah. I remember interviews with him, like, you're not going to stop me again. And he put on those 10, 15 pounds, like the kind of dedication it takes when you have six months out of the year where you don't, you're not expected to work that, I mean, it, it's remarkable, you know, and, and that should, that should resonate for any. Now I'll say Jordan also probably had an unhealthy, uh, competitive streak um sure but those those who do what he's done that's what you have i mean that's what you have to have and i risk you know what i respect jordan more of when he said you know what maybe i'm not a role model he's like i'm i'm a ball right. player he's like I, i'm right. not I, his he, you know and he was honest i'm not here to focus on on you i'm here to focus on my craft and, you know, yeah. the, the thing is, is that when you, like you said, John Jay, when you start looking at some of these other athletes, you can tell, oh, you work on your craft, but you're right. not trying to be the best in the world. Right. Uh, and I think he, like, when you look at Kobe, I feel like Mike set a certain standard. Mm -hmm. So, like, okay, this is my, just my opinion, but. You know, Larry and Magic were great. And when Jordan, I mean, he was pushed by them. And, but then he, his whole approach surpassed them. You know, you talk about hearing stories in, of, of Mike and those guys over there. Here, here we hear all the stories about Magic. I mean, Magic, he's out partying. Right. You know, I mean, he's, you know, that, that, and he comes in. You gotta think about this. Magic comes in to like a kind of a stacked team. Yeah, you know, he comes into yeah. with the MVP. He comes in with all, so I, I take nothing. I love Magic. You know, Jordan's path, and then after that, it's up to you if you want to follow him to try to sure. do the things he did. And the things that the, the, the type of uh, uh, energy he gave out and things like that. And not many people did. We talked earlier about like Big Dog or something like mm -hmm. that. Hey, some guys was happy they made it. They made it. They're good. Yeah. They're great. Yeah. But what, why do what are the chances of me being the best? I got to dedicate my whole time. I mean, I made it. Right. You know, and, and he had that competitive streak that was like, no way. Like manufacturing things to say, no way, I'm going to beat you. I have, this is why I'm disrespected here. I'm going to beat you. I'm going to work harder than you. I mean, yeah. it's, I think it's amazing. Only, you know, I, I think that's the only thing I, I'll say this. I've always been a closet Kobe fan. Um, mm -hmm. I always knew his game looked way too much like Jordan's. And so mm -hmm. to hear these stories and, you know, God rest his soul, but to hear these stories about how he, I mean, he, he picked Michael Jordan's brain to be, yeah. to be Kobe. You know, like very rarely do you reach a status where you don't have to use your last name and people know what you're talking about. Yeah. Kobe reached that status, you know, and, and I'll say this. I don't give a damn what anybody says about LeBron James. LeBron James is a phenomenal talent. Yes. But, amazing. I, but I don't give a shit what era it was. Jordan ain't losing to anyone, and I think he proved that. I agreed. I, yeah. I think – so here's, here's my, my take on that whole comparison is that, you know, Mike set a standard. 
Kobe talked in one of his last interviews about like he did not have the physical things that Mike had, and I loved it. What um, Mike in the in this episode, he's like that little Laker boy. He gonna push it. He got, dude. Kobe was only a year and a half into the league, didn't even play. Was not an all star. Got voted as an, as an all star because right. he was popular. Right. He's a nineteen year old kid, and Mike's talking about him, and he's like, "This kid's crazy." You know, they're talking about him doing them air balls and stuff right. going crazy. You know, and I'm like, I'm laughing that. And then the, Gary Payton said the other day he was like, Kobe was different in the sense that he, when it came to asking others and people ahead of him about how to get better, he didn't have an ego. Like he was never afraid to ask somebody, "Hey, how do you do this? How do yeah. you do that move?" And the the balls that he must have had. He told the Kobe told the story too, where like right. when he would practice with the Sixers, they're like, "Don't talk to Mike." Now you don't talk to Mike. Don't look him in the eye. He's like, "What are you talking about?" And he had the guts to ask him in the middle, "Hey, how you do your that? I like that. Right. Turner. How you do that? Right. <laughs> you know, I'm like and and then Mike has shows that hey, call me anytime, right? And then and he's not thinking he's gonna call him at two a.m. every day, <laughs> right? Right. But you know, great. I mean, but, greatness. I think you can, you can see it. You know, yeah, if you don't have time to cultivate yeah. it, you'll allow that greatness to come to you and say, "Hey, I need a hand." I, it, I, I love that though. That just how like that 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 was cool. That little part when they showed about Kobe and him talking about him, and then showed Kobe talking about Mike. And and I watched the uh, the director talking to Jalen and Jacoby after, and he uh-huh. was talking about how he was in that Kobe interview. And the thing they didn't show was Kobe was saying, like, fans come up to him and say, "Hey, you're 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 better than Mike, or you could beat Mike one on one." And he's like, he said his attitude is, "Hey, hold on." He's like, "I don't even want to entertain that." That's disrespectful because there's he goes and he said it in the in the episode like there's no way I get five or be whoever I am without Mike. Right. He gave me so much. Right. And like you know he's not gonna say that while he's playing, but the fact that he he goes into that and then when you know and then like the director was saying he was like yeah right okay whatever big brother and then after Mike goes at the funeral then he's like oh man it is true right even the director said like oh he was that way and that's is how they were with each other that that people didn't really know and when i look at lebron i think lebron also would be great in any era there's people on these like message boards <laughs> saying this this and that the the thing is is that in the same way like mike set a standard Kobe showed us a lot of things outside of basketball and how this is drive and things like that. And LeBron's done as a business person, as a global thing, as like, as a given, like, you know, nowadays there ain't going to be no Scotty Pippen, like cheap contract because of things like LeBron does and things that he pushes for. I mean, you know, sure. you get out of your contract, you know, or whatever it is, but that's a different impact. But if you just, again, I'm not an expert, when I just take the eye test of what I've seen these last 45 years, okay, I didn't watch it when I was one, but like 40 years or whatever, it's how am I going to go against Mike? And you're talking about a Magic fan. Right. How am I going to go against right. Mike? How, I, I've, I've yet to see someone like Mike. I mean, so, they made a I mean, song about it. him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
Well, I, and th- just like, you know, they've been showing throughout, just his competitiveness. Yeah. Uh, you know, to, oh, yeah. to just find a way on top of just his, his, his God-given talents. Yeah. That, that, I, mean, I mean, 41, he averaged 41 points in the finals versus the, uh, the Suns. Yeah, against the MVP. That's crazy. Yeah. Exactly. 41 points. Dude, and, also, and he ain't yeah. shooting a million threes. Right, in an offense yeah. not designed for him to be the guy. Right. No. Yeah. Right. <laughs> against the, uh, um, oh, what do you call this? Uh, in the Eastern Conference Finals versus the Knicks. Game four, 54. Right. Finals, night, game four, 55. And, and mean, he, you know, that's just crazy. And the funny thing was, he wasn't shooting 40%. He was shooting close to 50%. Yes, exactly. And if you do, if they, you, I saw something, an article where they did the true shooting percentage. It was like 58% yeah. from mid range. I mean, it was just, it was incredible. So efficient. And like you said, James, it was not designed for. The things he was doing, but it, it the offense allowed him to get to the spots right. where he was efficient. The, the the thing is though, right? Is if I'm not from our age group, and it, you know, it, it's they watching this documentary. When we watch it, it reminds us of what we saw at that time. For these guys, they're seeing highlights and things like that. And they're still going, yeah, but look at LeBron's stats and things like Again, I'm not saying it's not to take anything away from LeBron, but I'm just saying, man, this is an unbelievable thing that is I have not seen yet. You know, I, of all the players that – so, I mean – You know, one of the things that, that this, this uh, documentary has also reminded me, I, I often, because Jordan, I often forget – how good Scottie Pippen was. Yes. Mm-hmm. So I remember game two when they made, you know, like I forgot what it was, but there was an announcement that Pippen was going to guard Magic. And Yeah. And, yes. And you know what? Magic was no longer Magic. I mean, no, you know, exactly. like, the Magic wasn't there because Pippen was so good. And when you're 6'9 with a 6'11 reach and you're just as athletic, I mean, honestly – Pippen showed who he can be the year that Jordan wasn't there. Yes. He did. Yeah. I mean, I think he, he was the runner up that year for league MVP. I mean, like, it was like, dude, you know, so the thing about, you know, like everybody talks about LeBron's stats. The thing was, Pippen, Pippen was the first point forward. Yes. Right. The, the dude right. was averaging 27 and 7. Like those ain't slouch numbers, especially when you consider he wasn't asked to be the scorer. Jordan was. And when you want to look, you know, people want to knock Jordan's numbers. It's like, all right, cool. How are you going to argue with 36 and six? Like it ain't like LeBron's, LeBron's 27, six or seven and seven are that much better. Those are pretty much the same. Yeah. I mean, you know, there's, I guess. You know, stats are helpful, you know, when you look at certain things. But, I, I mean, 
it's just really hard to it, it was amazing I, I'm, I'm really glad they put this thing together and i, I like how they're doing it because they're kind of taking you through you know the the back and forth of what gets you to 98 i can't wait to hear the baseball story so our our um uh our last episode me and mikey did was with uh, a friend of mine alex who um a puerto rican guy who um you know, was drafted to MLB back in the day. Um, he didn't end up playing, but, um, you know, done a lot in baseball. And he was just talking about actually how good Michael did for never <laughs> right. playing and for that short time. And he had friends in uh, the minors who played with and against Mike. And those guys were like, if he goes another year and a half, two years, he's going to get it. Yeah. Like, that's what they uh-huh. saw. And it's just a trip that that's, that that's crazy, man. Yeah. And he was just saying, like, it just it's even crazy to be able to go out there and compete just from stepping off the basketball court. He's like, people don't realize that's, that's really, really hard, man. <laughs> <laughs> when you have it, yeah, when you, get a, when you get a basketball coming at your head versus a 97-mile-per-hour fastball that you got to try to swing at, yeah. like that, that is one of the hardest skills uh, I think that are out there. Yeah. Oh, yeah, man. Uh, and, and he's saying he's playing against the top guys yeah. that are supposed to go to the league. It's not, you know, and, and it's just really, it, I mean, again, I don't know much about baseball either, but I just love, hey, Mike's, he's got the James Torres. Hey, I'm going to go play baseball. Hey, I'm never going to lose to Purdue, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's just one school, bro. That's just one school. Well, uh, let me ask you this, James, from a perspective of, you know, you know, being a fan and being from over there. So what did you guys think with the whole Ku coach thing? Like when he do you remember that time him being announced oh, yeah. and that, that whole thing second. with the dream team? What 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 was going on? That was that the time? second three peat. So I was entering college at that point. So um, you know, the thing was everybody one of the things that the last dance is doing, uh, I can't speak for every Chicagoan, but what it's doing for for Bulls fans is it's reminding us how foolish and and how I mean honestly negligent is the only word that comes to mind with Jerry Krause and Jerry Reinsdorf. <laughs> that was going to be my follow up after you expl- explained this whole Kukos thing. You know because here, here's the thing when as somebody who's put together teams as na- and now I you know I try to put together athletic departments and it's not it's you know obviously it's not a, a NBA organization. But it's the same principles. You don't break what's not what's working. And not only what's working at this point is what's winning. You just you just winning. tweak it. That's it. You just make tweak. <laughs> you know, you, you you're supposed to ride you're supposed to ride Jordan out until he can give you no more. And Good the God. thing about Jordan was I think everybody knew. He was going to ride it out until he can give it no more. And that interview with with uh, uh, Ahmad Rashad, Ahmad, yeah, that demonstrated all. Of He's like, you know what? I'm gonna walk off the court on my own accord. I'm not gonna die on the court. Yeah. He's like, I'm gonna walk off. Yeah, yeah. The best. So hitting yeah. that 98 
he walked off and he was the best. There's no question. But the Bulls could have rode that until 2000. They, they could have cemented oh, – I think that the Bulls organization could have cemented themselves as the greatest organization ever. And could all, have. Yeah. all they had to do was ride it out. But now let me tell you, here's the thing that people don't know about Reinsdorf. Screw Jerry Krause because Reinsdorf also owns the White Sox. Right. Mm-hmm. They fired Ozzie Guillen two years after delivering a freaking World Series. Oh, man. So when you talk about either one as an owner, you are as negligent as can be. <laughs> because you you know, Ozzy Guillen brought a brand of baseball that made sense for Southside fans. It was small ball. Wow. It was quick, hardworking, gritty. But you also like the thing is, people forget how good that team was. They only lost one playoff game oh, in the man. in the first series. They beat New York, and at the time, New York had Jeter, all those players, and they, they were two years out of the World Series. The next series, they, t- they punched Boston in the mouth, and that's the returning champs. They busted them in the mouth. You know, and then to do what they did to Houston in the World Series, it was like and, – and I remember because I've been away from cable for so long – I listened to the last game, gentlemen, on the radio. <laughs> I listened to the last game on the radio with Harrelson, who just retired and made the Hall of Fame for baseball. You don't break up things that are doing the job. Like, you got to have – if you don't understand your management, and I think that's part of Reinsdorf's problem, he put too much faith in his GMs, and he allowed two very egotistical GMs to destroy a championship team, not championship caliber, championship teams. Yeah, they were already. It, it's it's rough because you, the Bulls, as just the Bulls, as a brand, was just oh my goodness, dude. at those yeah. times. You know what I mean? You wear a bull, any bull's cap. You wear any. I mean, come on, man. And it's just so. It's weird, man. Like you said, you don't. So what? When you see this whole thing, like, is that part of that? When, like, again, the Ku coach thing and things like that, as it brings it back, what is that? At that time, did you see that they were negligent in that so time? When Kraus, you can already see. The uh, the relationships breaking down with Kraus and and Jordan. Anybody else, it really didn't matter, you know. Obviously, Pippen, Pippen, right. Pippen was Jordan's bat or was Jordan's Robin. But in all honesty, yep. it, it, he wasn't. You know, Pippen, Jordan was friggin' uh, Superman, and 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 Pippen, yeah. <laughs> Pippen, was, Pippen was Robin. No, Pippen still. was Batman. <laughs> Like, no, like yeah, they were man. the Justice League. That's how good this team was. You know, so when you yeah. think about when people started looking up Kukoc and finding out, oh, all right, they're going to make a new th- – th- this is going to be 
because everybody's like, okay, cool. He and Pippen played the same position. Right, they were like, right. this guy could be the sixth man, that third scorer in this triangle offense that makes this team unstoppable. And it did. I mean, it was that 96 right. team that, you know, yeah. it was that team that showed, huh, 72 wins. I don't give a damn what you say about the friggin' Warriors. You don't win 73 games and lose. That's <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know what I'm saying? Uh, um, so, you know, yeah. like people were just pissed at Kraus. You know what Jordan and Pippen did to Tony Kukoc? Uh, I don't know if I agree with Wilbon when he was like, I mean, they flat out just disres- that was just disrespectful. Like, mm, not really. They wanted him to know one, yeah. you're coming to play for us, and we're the top. Right. You know, like you yeah. better be able to handle it. Right. And then on top of it, and I think what, what these last four episodes will reveal is how Jordan made practices so competitive. And if Kukoc, Oh, yeah. He's going to talk about the yeah, Steve Kerr. You know, if Kukoc didn't understand what he was walking into, you know, uh, it would be very difficult. Now, I'll say this. One of the things that really contextualized Tony Kukoc what I did forget was that he grew up during that uh, during that civil yeah. war. Yeah, living through that, yeah. and that's you know yeah. one of the things that Americans we that's where our spoiled, entitled kind of mentality comes into play, you know. And Kukoc proved yep. who he was as a resilient human being uh, in the finals. Yep, because you know, Pippen. Yeah. I mean, honestly, uh, Pippen didn't stop him. I mean, he st- he had good numbers, you know, and Pippen was at the time. You can argue that Pippen was the best defender on the planet. So, you know, a lot of now, this, you know, I, I knew that, that Krauss was going to be vilified throughout this whole thing, but rightfully so. He's a moron, right? Reinsdorf should have followed him because <laughs> well, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Two years after Jordan was – now, Jordan was forced to retire in 98. Two years, yeah, two because, years later, yeah. they're 15 and 67. Now, now, Kraus, Kraus was the GM, and we all heard Kraus say organizations win championships. Yeah, yeah. Now, <laughs> that you refuted yourself when you broke up an organization. When you, I'm sorry, when you broke up a team that delivered six championships for Tim Floyd. And Marcus Pfizer. Pfizer. Yeah. So there, there's, yeah, it just so yeah, it just there's so much. It's tough, there, man. You know because the you just the, the problem is is that you just never would have known how good, how good. I'm sorry, not how good, how long they could have gone. Because Jordan wasn't slowing down. Well. You're, 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 um, you know, I'm sure they're going to talk about the next episodes. They're going to talk about his baseball and leaving. Right. And it's, it's like, when I look at him, dude, they almost, I mean, they lost to the magic when he came back, but they could have won that. I mean, you know, like, I, I, I mean, you go, okay, you go, how long could they have gone? Hey, you also go. What if he didn't leave? And this is what I mean when people talk about LeBron and yeah. they talk about, and it's, it's right. not just Jordan, but but I'm just like, to us, 
we say he i'm not saying it would have happened because the chances are against it but when we look at how it all went down both the first uh the first retirement and his mm-hmm. and second retirement you go he there's a possibility he could have never yeah. lost that's what we say sure. those guys who were there like yeah you tweak things or whatever but they were in position yeah. to not lose for yeah a decade. The, the, I mean, the two years he was gone. And, the two and... years he was gone. <laughs> the team without him goes to the Eastern Conference Finals, and they, yeah. and yes. they should yes. have beat. Uh, what was it? The Knicks the next year. Knicks. They should have yes. beat that Knicks team, yes. and that was led by Pippen. So you know, like everything Kraus said and what he tried to, you know, like no, he was breaking up the team so no one, so no one could could say he's not responsible for this greatness. Ugh. And 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 since Heartbreaking. then and and I'll, I'll say this. The Bulls have oh. always been my first love uh for sports. The Bears were a close, you know, second, but it's really a distant second. I like I grew up on the Bulls. Even, you know, like I remember like I remember my dad taking me to Bulls games when I was a kid. And he would say to me, this kid's going to be good. He was referring to Michael Jordan. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, oh, so man. like, uh, oh man, to think, you know, and, and again, uh, you know, you go to grad school, you, you, you learn about sports administration and you say, what? I'm sorry, Jerry Krause said, what? You had, and it, it it wasn't, you know, it wasn't it wasn't like they didn't know what they had. Yeah, they literally had, yeah, man. Literally I, had the only nuclear arsenal in the entire NBA, and what they did was they sunk it into the ocean. He, I, it's just so, you know, you look at Shaq and Kobe. Yes, they had. Mm-hmm. Um, Shaq and Kobe, right? But Shaq yeah. and Kobe were together before Phil came, and, Finn, right. and Phil's crew, right? So right. you add him, then they go to championships, right? <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, it, you 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 talk about an organization that has the coach, the assistant coaches, the trainers. Like, I mean, you know, you have that. It's not just the players; you have that in place. Yeah, and you blow it up because you're like, no, I ain't taking Phil back. Well, why are you not taking Phil back? What, like, what, yeah. like you, you've got to at that point, his his career has been cemented by his ego of not bringing Phil Jackson back. Uh, you know, uh, here's the thing, and and <laughs> I I I think I firmly believe because that little man was so eager. <laughs> <laughs> I truly think that he thought no one's going to remember Michael Jordan. That's crazy. I think that he thought they're going to remember me because I put this team together. That's nuts. And it's so weird but you know, because – Oddly enough, what they remember is Krause is the one that destroyed the team. They don't give a damn. Yeah, they don't remember he put it together. He, he and, also and didn't draft – you know, like I think a lot of people also forget – Krauss didn't draft Jordan. Yeah. Like that was a big Thorne. Thorn. Yeah, it was Rod Thorne. A lot of people right. though who don't 
who weren't Bulls fans were like, oh, well, Cross probably drafted him. And, you know, but no, he didn't. Cross would have got Sam Bowie. <laughs> hey, 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 listen, he drafted Mark. Uh, I, I'll say this. So he drafted Elton John, or sorry, Elton Brand, <laughs> first year after Jordan. The first year after Jordan. That was a phenomenal pick. The next year he picks Marcus Five. Right. And if, you know, like, like come, right. on, come on, bro. <laughs> Like, I don't want to um, hear you put together good franchises. Well, I that's mean, that's that's funny. just – that is sad, like you say, because he, you know, he did put that team together. And, you know, you saw in the early years them making those moves. And then um, – but what he's going to be remembered for is not that, you know. And, and I think that it's – like, you see – I mean, you can't say because he did those things that always – bad GM per se, but like that ego, like you said, I mean, that's the only other reasoning that you can give for that. And you see other good GMs who are really, you know, for the most part, not trying to insert themselves as much as, you know, the media will try to insert them, but right. you know, you know, and that's just weird. It's weird. It's ironic because Jordan was Chicago. Jordan was a mm-hmm. bull. Yes. When you look at the other and this is why this is why I'll say, you know, the Bulls had a good run. They were terrible before and they were terrible after. So you know like mm. and I love them to death, but in some of my pieces I called for Paxson's head cuz he is awful. Mm-hmm. You know, the Lakers would have never dreamed of allowing Magic to walk away. They would have never dreamed, you know, like the, the Celtics would have never dreamed of letting Bird walk away. Uh, you know, there's just certain players that you just don't piss off, especially when they hand deliver the, the ultimate prize. Well, right. if, you, if you look at the Lakers, and I, I mean, I don't, can't speak for the Celtics, but the, the Lakers and with Kobe and Magic were like, okay, you can sink us if you want, basically. If you're going to sink us, at least it's you sinking us, whether it's yeah. with money or with like letting this dude come back and play or whatever. I mean, obviously, those are business decisions as well as far as the brand, but it's just like, hey, you did a lot for us. Okay. All right. You know, and I mean, I'm not saying that's the right move either, but it's just, uh, man, you know, like you said, I mean, I, I, it's one of the things I was really excited of getting you on this aside from, you know, just, you know, your, your perspective on life was just, um, we've been talking about this documentary and, you know, knowing of what a diehard Chicago um, fan you are and a Bulls fan. I, I really enjoyed, um, I mean, we got. I, I'm sorry, we were running out of time. Oh, it's all good. On this thing, I want to wrap it up, but let's. Uh, um, Mike, you got any last thoughts for we let you know? Uh, um, yeah, James I, or anything I like wish that. We could, I wish we could continue this. Maybe you know, try to catch up again when uh, the last episode or. Uh, let's do after the done. final episode. Let's, yeah, let's do the final sure. one. Um, for sure, because so next they, week for that one, there'll be a lot more content yeah. to talk about. I'm in. As they said, yeah. what time is it? Game time. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Man, yeah, and I'd lo- love to talk more. I mean, I'm interested in hearing about your journey into yoga and how's that's um, just all of that stuff, James. Man, it's always been great talking to you. 
So um, thank you for coming on. You know, thank this you. is the Buhai N2L podcast. Yeah, thank you, my you brother. Know, Absolutely. You, thank you, you, that, you that nothing to lose lifestyle. That's you embody that, man. That, I love it. Hey, hey, I'm never losing to Purdue. Ever. 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 <laughs> Mark my words. Ever. See you later. <laughs> later. <laughs> All right. Man, we're out. All right. All right. We're out.